Moat on the volley. And yes! the corner. What a start for West Bromwich Albion. The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Hello and welcome back to The Baggies Podcast, where of course we're giving you all the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Back again with another match reaction podcast for you, chatting today all about the recent fixtures against Bristol City and Swansea City. We're going to be going through all the analysis and opinion on both of those games, as well as giving you a look ahead to the next game against Fulham on Saturday. We'll be chatting through the nooks and crannies of both of these games in this Match Reaction podcast. It's episode 63 of the Baggies podcast. But if you're new around here, be sure to subscribe to the show. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform or YouTube. If you're watching me in full motion, here I am waving at you. Make sure that you're subscribed and drop us a little review if you've enjoyed the episode or a nice comment on YouTube, perhaps even. But yeah, we'll be going straight into this Match Reaction episode covering all the latest fixtures. A real up and down week for Baggies fans. A loss in midweek against Swansea, but a big, big win against Bristol at the weekend. We'll be chatting all the way through those. So join me on today's Baggies podcast episode for all of the reaction to those two games. Let's get straight into it. So let's crack on and chat about West Bromwich Albion. One Swansea City two a really really poor encounter, and a really really poor a performance from West Bromwich Albion a real just just ah just a very annoying performance I'll say from West Bromwich Albion I was really disappointed with the performance and disappointed with the I'll, I'll say tactical setup of of the side really um yeah I've been writing some pieces for Valvel which is a a, a relatively well known football source and a football football news outlet so I'll leave a little link to the pieces that I've been writing in the description of the article as uh, this might be you know quite interesting for you guys as I'm covering West Brom on there in, in particular so yeah make sure you check that out that'll be quite interesting so yeah essentially I, I wrote an article about that game and um, you know I'll, I'll be I'll be referencing that several times throughout uh, several times throughout this game uh, throughout this podcast so yeah if you if you want to go and check that out there'll be a link in the description of the podcast so yeah, if we start by talking a little bit about Ismail's decisions and Ismail's sort of tactics and, and sort of predictability in this particular game. So, you know, his style of play has kind of come under scrutiny from, you know, from, from Albion fans dis despite this opening period of the season, really. Obviously, we've started the season really well before that game, obviously, you know, in the top two and only been beaten once with that was by Stoke. Obviously, we spoke about that in that particular podcast with Alfie from Baggy's Bible. Make sure you go and check out previous episodes if you haven't already. They're still pretty relevant they just talk about a different game to the to the most recent one really so yeah the, the loss at Swansea you know it really did spark questions from the Albion fans after quite a poor pre-performance poor poor pre-international break performance when we fell to that defeat against Stoke you know Ismail um named you know one change from that particular side that that that, that um that that beat Birmingham City last time last time out of course we spoke with Joe um, from the Albion show about that one. Jason Malumbi came in for the injured Alex Mowat. Uh, Jason Malumbi, of course, really impressive coming in against Birmingham City, and I'm sure that we'll get to him in just a little bit. But yeah, Ismail's style of play was was kind of you know more direct you know on Wednesday, and I think that you know the high press was was kind of a little bit half-hearted, which you know Swansea we knew were going to be a player a team that play out from the back. They're going to be a team that are going to want to play their football. They're going to want to 
uh, pass for passing sake, if you like. And I thought the high press was just going to come back and work to a T in this particular game, but it just wasn't to be. The press was kind of half-hearted. We've just literally, as I'm recording this, I've just finished watching Manchester United versus Liverpool, where I've seen Manchester United's half-hearted press, meaning they've got beaten 5-0 by Liverpool, who are a good side on the ball and are able to bypass that press very easily. And we found it to be kind of the same against Swansea City. Um, they found it incredibly easy when when playing out from the back and, and when when taking that ball out. And I thought that it was just really difficult for for Albion to to kind of just grasp that ball back from Swansea because the press was so so semi semi detached really you know quite detached from the rest of the rest of the pitch so you know you'd have the front three slightly pressing so they'd bypass it into the midfield and the midfield would would kind of press a little bit more and then it would get past them and then it's into the back three and that's when the the problems started to arise the high line was constantly being exploited by Swansea City with players such as Jamie Patterson who's got a lot of pace in the attack and ended up in behind several several times. Uh, and obviously scored from uh, a situation like that. So, yeah, I thought the press was really half-hearted and and really um really really un un uncoordinated in that particular way. So I was really disappointed with to see the high press being being um used in this way and not really being used as effectively as perhaps it can be. So, yeah, I thought it was disappointing and very disappointing indeed. But we're hoping that 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 that's kind of something that's that's been used and. And has sort of been been looked at from from Albion and Albion's perspective, but yeah, um, in terms of you know differences to other games, you know against Cardiff we played quite a shorter, high tempo passing game. It was it was really good to see it, it worked. It worked really a treat against Cardiff when you know every time we got the ball we were getting it down on the deck, playing it forward quite neatly, and it worked really really well. And you know it, it worked very effectively. Um, you know the plan B to you know. The high pressing style and the direct style has always kind of been needed, but it hasn't always been lacking from the Barnsley manager. But it seemed in that Swansea game that it wasn't Plan B that was needed. It was it was actually the original plan. It, it what what needed to be done was was to play Valball, was to play this style of football from Valerian Ishmael that works works a treat really. I, you know, I thought um, yeah, I thought it was it was something that just really confused me where. Essentially, Albion were just playing this, you know, this 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 sort of mix between sort of long ball football and just turgid, boring football without a real purpose. You know, I couldn't have told you what sort of style of play that was on Wednesday. You know, what we needed wasn't a plan B, as so many people have touted and so many people have said. What we didn't need, what we didn't need, was a plan B. What we needed was plan A to be put into action. That style of play that we saw against Bournemouth first game of the season, that style of play that we saw. Um, that style of play that we saw against um you know against the against the side um you know you know you know Bournemouth at the start of the season we needed that we needed all of that sort of stuff so yeah I was I was really disappointed by that and you know really really upset by the way that that, that Albion played that game so yeah I'm really disappointed but we'll we'll see we'll see about that and and see sort of how we impact that that playing style you know it was it was quite annoying, really, just to see us everybody calling for this Plan B, and it it wasn't Plan B that was needed. It, it was it was Plan A all along. It was never Plan B. What we needed was that high press to come back, and we needed that direct style of football playing into the front line quickly to work to a tee. And it just didn't come out, unfortunately, which was which was a shame and and quite disappointing from an Albion perspective to just see the fact that everybody was calling for Plan B when actually it was just Plan Plan A that was needed all along, really. So. It's a shame to see that, and it was a shame to see that sort of style of play coming through in this sort of half and half style of football. You know, 
uh, fair enough for, for Swansea. Jamie Patterson was was on banging form again. You know, game before that, he picked up three goal contributions in the South Wales derby, and then you know a goal and an assist against um against uh, against um against uh, against Albion in this particular game and. Yeah, him and Joel Perot up front were were really good. You know, let's let's face that. But yeah, I thought in particular it was a really difficult, um, really difficult performance from Albion. I thought that it just did not look, um, it just did not look great from from us. I thought I was really worried going into the weekend about about the game, and I was really worried about about facing up in, in that in this performance. You know, Bartley was caught so many times in behind, which I suppose isn't his fault. Um, because you know if the manager sees that happening it's something that he should rectify it just felt like we were just kind of just surfing along with it sort of winging it just thinking we'll be okay we scored in the first minute through Carl and Grant who made it five goals in five games and then all of a sudden you know things were just going down the pan to be quite honest things were just 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 escalating things were just escalating getting a lot worse and you know we're really disappointed to see that you know how you know we just didn't change throughout the game because Val almost sees these problems happening and kind of chooses to sort of ignore them or dismiss them. So, yeah, really disappointed with the performance against Swansea City. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are as well. Of course, let me know your thoughts on the game. If you want to go and get involved via our Twitter feed at the Baggies Pod, I'd be more than happy to you know, welcome you to the conversation about the game. I was particularly disappointed by this performance. You know, let's just have a, look, a little look at some of the stats. You know, Swansea outplayed us in terms of expected goals. 1.47 from Swansea to 0.8 from Albion. Um, nine total shots from Swansea, ten for Albion. Uh, two big chances created for Swansea. Both both scored. Uh, of course, one for Joe Perot and one for Jamie Patterson. Uh, vice versa, assists and goals for them two as well. Just completely outfunctioned by by Swansea City, and they're not a functional team as well. They're a they're a pretty poor side if you really really knock into them and are physical with them. But quite frankly, we weren't. We played. Uh, we played into Swansea's hands. If you play against the ball playing side and only half press, uh, half press against them, chances are you're not going to get anywhere near the ball, and you're not going to, you're not going to be able to score. So yeah, I was really disappointed with the performance from Albion, and yeah, hoping for a, uh, was hoping for a better one against Bristol City. Um, yeah, this, uh, in terms of more of the stats, you know, Swansea of course had more of the ball, of course had more possession. We knew that was going to happen. But you know they just needed to play a little bit of football. That was all really. It just needed a little bit of little bit of football to play. And quite frankly, there was just none of it really. I was I was incredibly disappointed and yeah, very very upset and hoping for hoping for something a little bit different from from Albion in this game against Bristol City. But we'll, I'll just take a quick break. But we'll be back again to discuss the three 0 victory against Bristol City after we were hoping for a very, very different performance to the one against Swansea in midweek back in a sec. So back again now to chat again about a fantastic victory against Bristol City in the EFL Championship, to, which did take us into second in the division, but now back to third in the league uh, after a, a really good performance from Fulham today against Nottingham Forest, beating though the, the Forest 4-0. So yeah, we'll be chatting a little bit about that game now before we head off for the week, but yeah, a pretty decent performance from Albion. I'm going to just put it out there and say I think that's the best performance this season. Yes, it was against a very, very poor side, in my opinion, a very, very poor side in Bristol City, probably at the worst side I've seen at the Hawthorne, certainly this season, and I thought that they were pretty on par with, you know, a lot of the teams at the bottom of the league, and that's exactly, you know, round about where they are. They're 17th in the, in the division, not doing great under Nigel Pearson. Lots of disgruntled um, 
disgruntled uh, atmosphere from the fans. You know, you're not fit to wear the shirt. I heard several times, you know, which is a shame. Uh, to, you know, for, a, for 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 Bristol, you know, they're a big club. You know, they're a big city, and should probably be challenging for promotion places. And and you know, the fact they haven't been in the Premier League yet is quite baffling for Bristol City. So. Yeah, they're not really where they want to be at all and, and they're certainly not where they want to be being beaten 3-0 away from home, especially after such impressive away form for Bristol City, which is something that they've had for quite a significant amount of time. You know, they've had the, the probably the third best away record in the league before this game and, and their home record has been absolutely shocking. So I thought they'd come here and, and get try and get a result and, you know, they kind of caved in. I know he scored early on, eight minutes in, through Jordan Hugill back in his first, first Albion goal, which was nice to see. Um, could have had probably about five, but we'll talk a little bit more about Jordan Hugel in a little bit. But, you know, Bristol City, yeah, they just carved, carved open, you know, so many times. Look at the XG from Albion, nearly four. So, you know, 3.93 XG. And, you know, I think the ones that we scored, you know, the, the Grant goal, possibly even, you know, the possibly even the Carl Bartley goal, you know, probably probably were harder chances than the ones that, that, that were missed. You know, I look at the, I look at the chance for, um, I look at the chance in, in there, just inside the box for for Jordan Hugill that that ended up over the top of the bar. That was probably the biggest chance of the game. I look at this chance from Snodgrass that hit the bar. I look at the chance from Carlin Grant where he went in on goal and was saved. Um, yeah, there so many chances in that game to to put to put the game to bed, and it just didn't happen. You know, even um, you know the chance from from Malumbi that was saved and just easily caught. You know, there was a chance there, a bit of a half chance in there. Center of the box there was from Jordan Hugill from a set piece, which was a good header straight to the goalkeeper. So yeah, I think there's plenty of chances in there for Albion that that could have resulted in a goal for for the Baggies, but not to be. Um, and but Bristol just caved open every single time he we went forward, and I think you know, certainly from a Bristol perspective, that's got to be pretty pretty irritating to be honest. You know, conceding you know that amount of goals, you know, conceding three goals away from home, you know, not really coming with a resolute and and a resilient defensive manner. You know, just coming into the game and not not really playing very well at all, to be honest, Bristol. And they'll be really disappointed with that performance. You know, they they bought Nigel Pearson bought off George Tanner quite early early on in the game, which was um you know a youngster being bought off, you know on one of his you know you know not made too many appearances for the club so far. So yeah, it was it was quite disappointing to be honest to to see that 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 Albion had, you know, caved in. You know, no, Bristol, Bristol were caved in. You know, we were expecting a lot more of the, a lot more of a game, and I think we should be grateful that we've played up, up against a pretty, um, a pretty, a pretty, pretty poor team in in what was, you know, in one of the first games, to be honest. And you know, it's, you know, in one of the games that we needed to bounce back with. And I think we're quite lucky that we've we've managed to, um, that we've managed to, um, you know, we, we you know, and we've managed to do that. So yeah, I think we're all disappointed, really, that you know we we didn't have much of a game, really. But we're really pleased to have come out with a, a really good result, a three 0 victory, some really good stand up performance in there. I'm going to course Lord praise on the midfield too. Robert Snodgrass coming into the side, um, replacing the suspended Jake Livermore and Jason Malumbi, uh, sticking in the side following Alex Mowat's injury after he came in the side against um against against Birmingham City late on in the game and of course starting against Swansea City what a performance from those two in the middle of the park Robert Snodgrass adding that valuable experience in the middle of the park it just makes so much of a difference when you've got a real a real footballer with experience and 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 of course that that experience of being an attacking player as Robert Snodgrass is you know he's he's been a winger he's been a center attacking midfielder you know he's been that attacking midfielder but in this particular game he was asked to do a, a, pit, a double pivot roll around 
you know, with Jason Malumbi, he was picking up the ball. Every time he got it, he got it down and he looked up. It wasn't kind of, I like, I like Livermore and I think you've done a fantastic job, but I think if that was Livermore a lot of those times, you know, Livermore wouldn't have had the shot that hit the bar from Snodgrass because that's not hit the sort of player he is. But there are plenty of times where I think, you know, Snodgrass could have just booted the ball forward and he put the ball on the deck and he played some quite sweet through, through balls and cross field passes. I thought Snodgrass was immense. You know, 83 pass success. We'll talk through a few of the stats here. You know, five, six duels won in the game. 83% pass accuracy. Nine crosses from a central area as well. 15 ball recoveries. You know, it's just phenomenal from Robert Snodgrass. You consider that he's had a lot of fitness issues, a lot of knocks. His first league start since the 14th of February uh, this year against Manchester United. You know, it's just chalk and cheese from what we've been used to with Robert Snodgrass. And we're really glad to see him playing what was a fantastic fantastic performance for, for Albion and of course done really 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 well in this particular game alongside Jason Malumbi who just added those legs that we've needed in midfield and quality on the ball as well he's certainly not the kind of guy that that um that needs um that needs a lot of time on the ball you know he can pick up the ball he's tidy enough he's constantly coming in behind the defense to to cover up he's constantly coming in front of the defense to cover up he's high pressing He's bringing energy into the middle of the park alongside Snodgrass, who's not full of energy, but he's certainly got that class. It was a perfect midfield combination from Albion, and I was really pleased to see both of those start together. And I think they're undroppable for the next game against Fulham. I really do. I can't see anybody you know, replacing these these two in the midfield. That It would be completely wrong if um, Val is to change that midfield pairing. Yes, of course, Moet's class. Yes, of course, Liverpool's done a really good job this season. But if you were to change either of those, I think that would just be out of order. And I think that they don't deserve to be changed at the moment. I, t I think they're perfect at the, just the way they are, that, that pairing. So, yeah, I personally wouldn't be changing either of them. And I'd personally be keeping them the same for the game against Fulham. I just thought they were class and I thought they just worked really well. Yes, Snodgrass is 34. He's going to run out of energy at some point. But, yes, he was wavering towards the, towards the end of the game yes, uh, yesterday. But I thought he was just class. You know, picking up the ball, battling in the middle of the park. He was very, very good. And... You know, shout out to Donald Furlong on the right wing back as well. Two assists in this particular game. You know, obviously his throw in and also the cross for Hugel in the first half as well. What a performance it was from Albion. I'm really pleased to see us getting the victory. You know, another one in the championship and <coughs> did indeed send us up to second you know, second in the table at the time. Obviously gone down to third now. Yes, of course, we've gone back to third now. But, you know, just a really good performance from Albion. And I'm so pleased to see us getting that victory and yeah, Matt Clark at centre back as well just adds a lot when he's when he's in there because he's just so solid. You know, you look at somebody like Connor Townsend just streaming up and down that left hand side. It's just really great to see us back in a nice little game and, and just playing playing the way we should be. Jordan Hugill up front, yes, it's nice to see him get off to a goal scoring start for Albion, but you know, wasn't half. You know, could have had five, could have had six in this particular game, and we're all really disappointed, really that he hasn't ended up with, with more goals. You know, a real quality finishing striker would have had plenty more than Jordan Hugel in this particular game. So I'm a little bit disappointed not to see him pick up a couple more goals, especially with the chances that he had. The one that was went over the bar from quite close range was the real killer for me. But, you know, probably went one-on-one -on -one three times after that and was unable to convert any of those chances. So I do feel with a, with a more clinical striker in the side, you're, you're winning that game quite easily. Um, well, you you did win the game quite easily, but it, it turns into a whitewash. It turns into your sixes or seven nils against Bristol City. But 
yeah, I thought it was a really good performance, very complete, lots more shorter passing, and I think that was mainly down to Snodgrass and Malumbi in the midfield. There's not a midf- midfielder there that wants to play hit and hope. You know, there's a there's two footballers in that midfield. So, yeah, really pleased with the performance. 3-0 against Bristol City. Can't be complaining about that. But, yeah, let's march on straight away and chat a little bit about Fulham against West Bromwich Albion. A big game coming up on the Saturday lunchtime kickoff. Obviously, really looking forward to this one. Uh, and going to be a really big game, of course. Fulham, you know, in fantastic form, doing really, really well so far in the championship. Second in the table, you know, after a really good season so far um, under Marco Silva, former Everton Hall and Watford manager. Um, so he played really, really well. You know, obviously West Brom ranked second in the league for home sides this season. Fulham ranked first in goals scored per match with 2.4 goals and have been awarded the most penalties this season as well. Fulham with three penalties awarded. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic, top scorer in the championship as well, with 15 goals. <coughs> yeah, and, you know, Fulham just playing so well. Alexander Mitrovic, top scorer. You know, Albion ranked second in the league for goal scores per match with 1.8 goals. Ranked third in big chances created. You know, some big stats in there. Previous meetings against Fulham, 2-2 draw in the Premier League last time out uh, under Big Sam. A 2-0 loss against Fulham. Um, in the Premier League under Slaven Bilic. A 0-0 draw against Fulham in the Championship and then a one-all draw against Fulham in the Championship. Um, then a one-all draw in... But two one-all draws in the Premier League in the 13-14 season. Then two losses from us. So we haven't beaten Fulham since this October of 2010. So, yeah, nearly 11 years we haven't beaten Fulham for. So we're looking forward to this one, especially now I've read out that stat. But yeah, it's it's going to be a tight game and it's going to be a must-win one for Albion. You know, a really big clash at the top of the league. You can see why it's been selected for that. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. And hopefully a big win for Albion. Fingers crossed that we put in the performance that we saw against Bristol City. And certainly not the performance we put in against Swansea City. But that does bring me to the end of the Baggies podcast for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed this analysis and make sure you drop this analysis and make sure you drop us a nice review or a subscription. If you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure you're getting involved via our Twitter page at the Baggies Pod. And I'll see you in the next one. Enjoy your week, Baggies fans. Come on, you Baggies. Goodbye.